We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD. You can follow me there on Twitter. And it's Casual Friday, Casual Friday here on the pregame show. Looking through the YouTube chat, I'll be showing you some things with the lineup HQ. How, how to research a slate using the tool because it's Friday. We got two days before the big Sunday slate. News is coming in. News is coming in. That's why I don't know why people start building lineups on Wednesdays, Tuesdays, or whatever, right? We have, uh, you know, the, the Crowder's out now. Keelan Cole might not play for the Jets. 
right? So we got Jets news there. Obviously, Gus Edwards, I mean, that has nothing to do with Saturday, uh, Sunday slate, but he's out for the season with an ACL tear. There Now Le'Veon Bell is there. Uh, Latavius Murray is signing with the Ravens. You don't, you don't know what's going to happen, right? So we're going to have some practice reports in today. We're going to have some injury updates tomorrow. So what, what's the need to build all your lineups now? You don't. Get the most amount of information that you can before you build your lineups. I see you guys in the YouTube chat. Edward Brown, oh, first with the, I don't know what that's, is that a butt? Is that, is, is that, I don't know. I don't know that the slang, the ASCII slang these days, it looks like a butt. I don't know. It's, a, it's an exclamation point and two cheeks. Someone explain that to me, right? I see Yodak, uh, Sterling Woods, Sufi Singh, Daniel Hutchings, Bobby Gunn, Ronald Coley, Savon Dalrymple, Eric Hiltpold, Connell Larson, and uh, Hog Lawrence, Jerry Mann, Jair Saseda, Anthony Golding, Mac, Mac Four. Give me those thumbs ups. It always helps us out here on the channel. Thummy thumbs. Give me the thummy thumbs. Subscribe to the channel if you're new. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. There'll be, there'll be tons of shows today. I, I think uh, Britt has the PFF, PFF show later today. I'll be recording the Advanced Sports Analytics show. That won't be a live show. And it'll be posted afterwards, probably around, around 4, 4.30 or so. Uh, then obviously MLB Grinders Live and, and Crunch Time later today. If you're still playing MLB, I'm not. So, uh, so no, I don't, I don't have any, any, any thoughts on this, this MLB slate. What I would suggest, if you, want, if you want the best projections in the industry, if you want the content in order to win it at MLB, just sign up for Roto-Grinders Premium, right? You get all, you do the combo package, you get all the sports. So click on that link in the description, get $10 off your first month. Eric Hilpold says, uh, entered four, cash four, placed 17th in the 118 man with a contrarian Dallas lineup and a wide receiver captain. First time NFL DFS. Well, don't let it go to your head. Most of the time you're going to lose, okay? Showdown. Most of the time you're going to lose. That's not going to happen most of the time. Most Nine out of 10 times you lose, okay? Okay, well, so great. congratulations to you, but just understand, most of the time you will lose. I'm, I'm very uh, you know, negative, negative this morning. Uh, so uh, it, it's casual Friday. So obviously you could casually type in any, any questions, anything you have. Uh, primarily, th- we're talking about NFL uh, into the YouTube chat. If I don't get to it, it's, uh, it's, it's not that I didn't see it, just I have to scroll all the way back. So it's, sometimes I go through things and it's 25 minutes later and I'll still get to your question. Uh, and, uh, and obviously, if you know this show, this show is a strategy show. If you want to know who to play, okay, the best thing to do is look at projections, okay? If you don't have projections, we'll sign up to Roto Grinders. $10 off your first month. Click on the link in the description. Because without any other context of, should I play this guy or this guy? Just, uh, well, I, I, I have projections here. So like I can answer that in a, in a vacuum, but I mean, you could just look at the projections. I, I don't need to spend the time to read for you, okay? Let's see. Uh, Ronald Coley says, yesterday I was reminded how useless FanDuel single game contests are. Yeah. The million dollar lineup was split eight million ways for like what twenty one hundred bucks or whatever, right? If, when, whenever chalk lineups like that will win, like I'm, I'm never going to do well, right? So yesterday I lost money. Didn't lose that much. Really did not lose that much money yesterday, right? In comparison to kind of the, the, the what what chalk chalk did go off a Gronk lineup. The, the nuts was a Gronk non Brady lineup. Gronk captain. Uh, but it's still, it was split, I think, 70 ways or something. It was split a bunch of ways. Uh, I, I aim for much more unique lineups anyway. So, 
You know, I do well when most of the things that people expect to happen don't happen. Okay. Uh, Green Bean Bill, Blender, do you play showdown cash games? I don't, I don't really focus on showdown cash. If you, if you could have, if you could, uh, if you have the time to, you know, get in the softest contests, I think, I think that's fine. But showdown, remember, has a lot of variants. There's a limited player pool, limited lineup constructions. Like I'm going by floor. It doesn't, doesn't really matter that much. I mean, anything can happen in one game. Uh, but if you could find weaker opponents and you're going to spend the time to contest select, I think showdown cash games could be profitable. Now on DK, I'm, 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 I'm restricted from under $5. So if I'm going to play showdown cash, it's going to be against a lot of other sharper players. Uh, and, and if I want to spend the time throughout the day, trying to find the weak ones, someone that posts a head to head here or there going through the three mans, it, it could, it could be worthwhile, but I focus on the, the large field GPPs. I'm only one person, right? If I, if I was, if I was three people, I'd be doing a lot more, right? I'd be playing on, on four sites. I'd be playing every slate, the turbo slates or whatever, but I'm, o- I'm only one person. I, I, I could probably do it, but it just, it's not gonna, I'm not going to do all of them very well. I'd rather do a few things very well than a lot of things kind of mediocre. Okay. Let's see. Going through the YouTube chat. Jason Higby, when reviewing lineups from previous slates, classic or showdown, what are the, some of the key things you should be looking at? You should go, you should look at sharp players, right? Players that you respect. If you're large field GPPs, the good large field GPP players, small field, the small field GPP players and see how they built their lineups. Okay. You're looking at their individual lineups. Okay. And you get a lot, you could gain a lot in results DB from their exposures. Like you're not necessarily caring that much. Oh, they were above or below someone. But you also know that if last night in showdown, if they were way above on Antonio Brown, like they're they're at captain, you know what their lineups probably look like. Antonio Brown, captain, Brady in the flex, you know, some type of lineup like that. How much money did they leave on the table? This is obviously for showdown. For classic, you wouldn't necessarily think this way. But you go through their lineups and go, okay, let's say, let's say you played you know, the stacks from three games and you go, well, did, how many sharps played this game like this as a stack? If you go through 30, 40 sharp players exposures and you don't see that stack like anywhere practically, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe that wasn't the best option. And if you see a predominant amount of those types of stacks, then you go, okay, at least I was on this, the, 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 the same wavelength. You take a look at those, those lineups with those stacks in it from the sharper players and go, do my lineups look like this, right? Okay, this stack with this guy here and that like that range, making sure not to play this chalk guy in this lineup. And you go through and you go, okay, my lineups kind of look like their lineups. And it doesn't matter what happened on the slate. You could have lost all your money. But if you go to sharp players lineups and you go, yeah, well, it, my lineups look kind of like their lineups. Like what else, what else can you do? What are you, I, I, you, you, you trade the ROI over the long run with all of these, these uh, players that are up there. So if you're making same, very similar decisions as they are, they're, they're, pro- they're probably profitable decisions, okay? If you find yourself not making many of the decisions that sharp players made, and, and sharp players will make different decisions. I mean, it's not like it's not going to be universal across 50 sharp players, you know, lineup sets, right? Some, some will be like, oh, I'm going to go overboard on Marquez Calloway. And some will be like, I have zero of him, right? It could be, it could be that, but what do their lineups look like? What do their non-Calloway lineups look like? What do their Calloway lineups look like? What do their McCaffrey lineups look like? So you're like, you're, you're looking through that and go, do my lineups look 
similar to theirs. And that's it. That's all you really be looking for. Oh, let's see. Going through. Paul Adair, listen to your pod with JM. It was great. Yeah, if you want to download the Theory of DFS podcast. I mean, I'm, 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 I do that every week. That's for free. When looking to exploit ownership roster construction, do you ever care about being too contrarian? Or if lineup is only giving up a few points in projection, it's it's okay. Well, it depends. It obviously depends on what what contest you're in, right? It, de- it depends. Like a small field contest, how contrarian do you need to be? You still need to be contrarian, but do you need to have uh, you know all one percent on players? No, of course not. Right? Large field. How can now you want to get even more contrarian? But it still doesn't mean you have all one percent players in your lineup. You just know that you're probably not going to play the three truck players together. You're probably you're probably not. You may be able to get away with that in small field. Okay, so I don't necessarily care about the median projection. And if you're if you're worried about the median projection, just throw that out. Okay, just throw that out. Oh, how my how many points off and what like don't don't worry about that. Right, as long as the lineup has enough ownership leverage in it total, you're fine. That's it. Obviously, you do not want to, you probably don't want to line up that projects 50 points below everyone else's, right? But try and go, well, if I give up 10 points in ownership, should I have three points in projection? Like you, that's too micro. You're going to drive yourself nuts. You're also going to miss lineups that are probably better because there's some lineups that actually have higher total ownership and lower projection that are better because of correlation and because of like salary structure. And you go, it's like, okay, well, I'm like, like, like on, on Sunday. Most likely balanced builds are going to be contrary. Okay. But you could still make a balanced build with fairly decently owned players. And you'd look at that sum and go, okay, it's pretty high, but you're not, you're not playing like the four highest owned players on the slate at all, but you're playing a lot of 10 to 15% owned players, right? You're playing, you're just playing them all together. So that, that construction in and of itself, even though the sum is high, that's still fine. You could win a large field GPP with that one. And then there are lineups that, oh, I only have an ownership sum of 70, but it's the two chalkiest players and then like seven one percenters. Like, oh, it only projects 20 points lower. Yeah, but I mean, the, do, you, do you need to be this far off? You don't need to. You can raise your projection and still be just as fun. So don't necessarily drive yourself nuts on, on uh, you know, how many points median wide? Me- who cares? Median. I don't care about medians. So don't judge all your lineups just based on a medium. It's a it's a blunt way to be directionally correct, but it's not like it's not you know there's there's nothing uh, you know spiritual or anything you know you don't have to like it's not religious that you have to do it that way. Okay. Uh, Wig three H and showdown. How do you know if you have plus EV lineups compared to the winning lineup? That the easiest way, the easiest way. How many? How many times was your lineup duplicated? That's it. That that's the number one. In showdown, your EV in NFL showdown, your EV is determined number one by how duplicated it is, and then you have to like dig a hole to China, and then that's the next variable. Then that's the next variable. Then then we're starting to talk about projection or correlation or anything. So if you if you put in three lineups into the large field GPP and they were duplicated three hundred and forty times. They're minus EV. It doesn't, it doesn't even matter who they are in the lineup, right? It would duplicate it too much. If your lineup, if your lineup was only duplicated eight times, okay, that now you're on the right track. Okay. That's what you should be caring about in showdown, not the, what how else are you going to judge it? 
You shouldn't be playing lineups that are duplicated a hundred times. You shouldn't. They're going to be negative EV. And I don't think there's any way that they're going to be projected high enough to make up for the fact that you're going to have to split first a hundred ways when it wins. So that's what you should be judging by. Uh, let's see. Go down uh, the YouTube chat. Rod J says in Vegas later today through Sunday, do lineups need to be entered before Sunday since no DK in Nevada? I I believe don't don't take don't take my word. So I don't know. Uh, you can't enter contests in Nevada because DFS is 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 is, is outlawed in in Nevada. Uh, but you can edit your lineups. I I believe so. Don't, don't ask DraftKings. That's the best way to do it. But from what I've heard and from what I've experienced, but this was in the past. That, like, once you get to Nevada, you're not going to be able to enter any contests, right? The location, you're not going to be able to, oh, I want to put 10 entries in. No, you're done. You're done. But the lineups that you have, you could, you could edit. I believe. I believe that's what it is. The last time, the last time I was in Nevada, that, that was what it was. Or outside, outside of a, a legal jurisdiction or whatever. But it may have changed. So I don't know. Okay, let's see. Okay, I want to show uh, how to re- how to use Lineup HQ to research for a slate. Okay, because people don't know. People that just like, oh, I'm just going to look at ownership. I'm going to look at everything, and and then I'm going to build lineups, and then you, you end up building chalky lineups. Okay, so what I do to to research lineups, what you can do, and you can do it in a multitude of different ways. Okay, so I'm in Lineup HQ. I have the Gridiron IQ projections up. Okay, but remember. Uh, not everyone, uh, not everyone uses the Grindiron IQ projections. Not everyone uses the Blitz, right? I like using the Blitz for my projections, but the rest of the industry, there may be people, you know, looking at projections elsewhere, right? And I'm just using this, even if I'm going to build lineups with the Blitz projections, I want to know what people are doing, right? So I'm going to go, and I I go around the industry, and then I'm like, okay, I'm going to put in you know, other projections from around the industry, like maybe, maybe that place. So we open it up. Yeah, it's going to do some name matching. This is perfectly fine. Okay, I'm going to upload another set of projections. Upload that. Okay. Some of the players that are not in, you know, because these are from, okay, so it's all the people that were in the game before. Just make sure, put this all together. This all looks pretty good, yeah. Submit that, okay. And then I'm going to make an aggregate, right? I'm going to go here based on, do I have to do the whole average? No, I could go, like, what are more people looking at? I think a lot of people look at this site. So I'm going to use 35% weight on their projections. I'm going to use maybe 20 here, 20 there, maybe even more, maybe 25. Gridiron IQ. You get 20, maybe something like something like that. Okay. So I'm going to make an aggregate projection set. And this is going to take a minute. I'll, I, I'll be back. I'll be back in a minute. Let this let this work out. So uh, hopefully there's a little interlude here. And I'll see you in a moment. So basically what this has done, if we look here, is that, well, if I want to make another projection set, I've taken multiple projections 
from around the industry that people look at. I'm doing this not because I like their projections or anything. It's just that I know that people are looking at it. And I've kind of weighted them to some degree, right? Whichever degree you want to. I'm just want, I just want to get a sense of what lineups I'm more likely to be looking at, right? If we did this with just the Grinar and IQ projections or just the Blitz projections, it would be for the people that are using those projections, right? So if the if the Blitz the Blitz is lower on Marquez Callaway this week than any other source, so if I were to try to run lineups using the Blitz, going oh what are people going to do? I'm not going to get as much Callaway as what who what he's going to be owned, right? So it's not going to be the better representation of what lineups I'm more likely to see in contests. So in order to mitigate that, I obviously want to, you know, people are going to be using someone else's projections and making their own lineups, maybe in another, at another site, at another optimizer, right? The optimizer doesn't matter. I can take projections from anywhere. So I kind of want to just average them out in some degree, right? So we go to, go to, go to running back here. We sort by RGV or whatever, right? So McCaffrey is higher then Kamara, then Cook, right? We've got Najee Harris up there. We go to the wide receiver, right? Marquez Callaway starts, you know, 11.89, while in the blitz, he's like nine point something or other, right? So it weights these things. So we get a little, little bit more better representation of what the field will be doing, okay? And I wanna, now I want to take a look at what, what these types of lineups are going to look like, okay? So most people are going to be stacking, okay? So I'm going to set up some some primary game stack types, construction types. So we have the very, very standard uh, quarterback, uh, wide receiver, maybe even tight end. We could do that. But mostly it's going to be quarterback, wide receiver, and a run back or so, or some, something on the other side. What Wide receiver, running back, tight end, wide receiver, tight end. So, something like that, Right quarterback wide receiver and a run back like that we're also going to see double stacks double stacks with a run back or something wide receiver tight end two and we see you know one player on the other side coming back right just to get a sense now how many how many lineups should i have of this uh 50 of these right 50 of these and 50 of those just get a sense that the, the numbers are, are, are inconsequential. If you think, oh, I want to take a look at another type of construction, go take a look at that type of construction. Like I don't put in second game stacks, the secondary correlations. Like I, I'll make them in my lineups, but I don't expect to see secondary correlations as much in, in my opponent's lineups as I would obviously the primary stack. So I'm just getting a sense. It's a quarterback, wide receiver, and a, and a run back of some type, Right. You can even just do it even with the running back, right? And here's the double stack. So this is a two plus one, and this is a three plus one. Obviously, there are also going to be, you know, no run back lineups as well, right? You can take a look at those, but I don't, I don't want to look at those. I'm going to be making lineups that are more like this, right? I'm putting in the constructions that I'm more likely to be playing in some regard. Maybe even put their tight end here because we have Kelsey, we have Kittle. Let's see, just put the wide receiver tight end right over there, right? Because the whole point is that I'm going to make these types of constructions. I don't want to make very similar constructions that everyone else make, right? So I'm looking like that, getting the primary stacks in there. Now, going to build rules. Now, if I do 150 lineups with one unique player, it's going to give me like the best of everything. Obviously, I'm going to put like 49, seven. Most people spend most of their salary and you're probably right for doing so because 
all the only differences in salary may be a defense, and that's a very high variant position. So I want to cap like the exposure percentages, the 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 ownership. Like I don't want more than maybe 20%. Right? Who's gonna be the highest? Even the running, the running backs will do 30. Right, receivers do 25, tight ends. 25, I guess, because you just look at the ownership, right? You look at the, the where's the where's the highest, right? 25 for Callaway, running back got 20 up here. I think they'll be higher. I think some of these guys may be higher, higher owned. Quarterback, you know, 13 or so, tight end, 20. So you kind of want to cap it there, and probably a little bit, a little bit higher than that. So like that's why I'm giving like you know 20, 30, 25, tight end maybe even tight end 30 like that defense max exposure 20 flex. We don't care just to get a sense. So here's 150 lineups and I'm going to, let's see what happens, right? This is, the, this is the first time I'm even doing this. So let's see, let's see what happens. There'll be 150 lineups, 50% of one type, 50% of the other type and, and see what comes up. Okay. This will take a minute or two has to go through most of the time, uh, uh, my lineup HQ runs even slower because I have so many more things to build my act- own lineups because we don't have the player groups done. We don't have anything like that. We're, all we're doing is based on projections around the industry. If people like don't do much with their settings or they don't, they don't actually strategize their lineups, what lineups are going to be coming out? I can tell you a lot of people do that. A lot of people like, I'm going to use projections. I'm going to, I'm going to build half of this and half of that and build this and change one guy's exposure. And then like, then give me those lineups. Okay. So I want to see what those lineups look like. So that's going to be building. I'm going to go through some YouTube chat a little bit. Give me those thumbs ups. Okie doke. In large field GPPs on the main NFL slate, what is the ideal stacking strategy? Okay. We're going to, we're going to, Remember, if there's an exact answer, that means it's not a very good question. Quarterback with one pass catcher or multiple pass catchers, or is it slate dependent? It's lineup dependent. It's actually lineup dependent. So some teams on some slates, it's better in certain ways. And it also, it depends on the rest of your lineup. So like, we're going to get back to this all the time. You care about lineups. You should be starting with lineups, okay? Oh, whenever you feel like you're like you're thinking about a player, go, no, it's not about players. We have to start from lineups. And then whenever you're thinking about stats, you have to go, no, we have to start with lineups. Okay. So yeah, you could play Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey as a double stack. Is what do those lineups look like? Or should you only be playing Patrick Mahomes with one of those two? What are the differences between those lineups? Because it depends on what's in the rest of your lineup. Obviously, that's an extremely expensive stack. You're going to be spending like half of your salary on just those three players. So would you be doing it in that instance? Well, you could if there are a lot of cheaper players that are highly projected and you could keep your ownership down. Then yeah, then you could use that because you're viewing it from a lineup perspective, not a stack perspective and not a player perspective. People get People are like, I want to play these players. I want to play these stacks. How do I fit them together? Like, no, I start from how do lineups fit together and then work your way back to what players are and going to end up in it. Andrew Garcia, when MMA returns next week, will you still be playing? Yes. 
Uh, let's see, going through the YouTube chat before we look at this. Before we look at that. Are you more likely to have a run back for here? We, here we go. Are you more likely to have a run back for high owned players not in your primary game team stack? Uh, obviously, it's about lineups, no, not players. But yes, mitigating your ownership on high owned players, that it gives you an option. So for instance, if you're playing Marquez Callaway, who's going to be chalk, and you play someone that is somewhat correlated to him, which is like Aaron Jones on the other side of the game, that mitigates the fact that, you know, you're playing a high-owned guy in your lineup, right? You could do that. You could also play another 6% on running. I mean, you could, you could, as long as the ownership for the whole lineup is down, you're perfectly fine. But yes, I'm more likely, I did this week, it's almost, it's, it's, I don't see myself getting too many lineups to have Callaway as a one. Doesn't mean I can't get to it. I'm just saying that I, based on, based on how, what lineups would look like, I'm more likely to either not have Callaway as a one-off or only have him as part of a, some type of game or team stack or something, right? Have Winston, Callaway, Travian, Traquan Smith, you know, something like that, or have uh, Rogers, Adams, Callaway, something like that, you know, do something like that. If, if I'm going to have Callaway in my lineup, it's most likely not going to be a one-off. The only time he could end up showing up as a one-off is if I'm playing some really off-the-ball stack and some weird running backs or something like that. But you'll see that in the lineups. Like, you don't have to think about that now. You'll see that in the lineups. Steven Shannon, is the contrarian line of construction at this point, not the stack. I understand stacking means you have fewer things to predict correctly, though. Yeah, but the field doesn't stack enough. Stacking is also correlated to players. The players' ceilings are higher when they're correlated to one another. Patrick Mahomes goes for eight touchdowns and 700 yards. Tyreek Hill, three points. No, you're not going to see that. The better Patrick Mahomes does, the better all the receivers do. And obviously, the better the receivers do. It's all coming from Patrick Mahomes, unless he got injured in the game. So these players are correlated to each other. When one has a good game, the other one is more likely to have a good game. That's the reason why you stack, right? You have to get less things right. Sure, yeah, that's true also. But they're correlated to each other. Their performances, their, their ceilings are correlated to each other. That's the main reason why you do. And the field still does not stack enough. I don't know if they'll ever stack enough. Once we get to that point, you have bigger problems at that point. Maybe five years, maybe 10 years from now, we'll be talking about, oh, since 99% of the field stack, let's play like mishmash, you know, garbage lineups, like messy lineups. Okay, maybe then, but the field no comes nowhere near stacking enough. Okie doke. Edgar Chavez, do you have to run a running back as a run back or can it be a wide receiver? I'm going to say this again. It's about lineups and not players. Uh, do you have to? You don't have to do anything. You don't have to have a run back. I would say I'm building, I think I'm building 250 lineups uh, for a Sunday. I would say, I would say 30, probably 30 something percent won't have a run back at all. 70% will. Some will have two, some will have one. So it depends. It depends on the lineup. I'll keep on saying this. So we go through here. Right. We set caps here just, uh, you know, with this aggregate projection set. Right. We see here, Josh Allen, uh, Stefan Diggs. Ah, another thing that I didn't change. Okay. Our, so the field does this a little too much. Let me take a look at this running back ownership. 
Okay, this isn't that bad. Okay, this is this really isn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. A lot of people don't play uh, wide receiver in the flex enough. So I wanted to see. Let's see. We've got a lot of a wide receiver in the flex. A lot of wide, wide receiver. A lot of people play running back in the flex. So let me let me build another 150. Go to build rules and flex exposure. So most most likely, my, I mean, like I would say 70% of the field. Right, 70, not many people put tight end in. 25, five, okay, something like that, right? I'm just trying to reflect, this is not what I would do. I'm just saying, I'm trying to, what I'm doing right now is trying to reflect what the field is gonna be. I think the field is more likely to play running backs in the flex, typically that's true. Because I, I, I think I got way too many lineups with wide receivers and flex, which is what I'm gonna do primarily, but the field doesn't. Okay, so let's build, let's do another 150, let that run. So what we're doing now is not trying to find lineups to play. We're actually trying, we're trying to actually find lineups not to play. Like we're starting from that point. Let's take a look at lineups. I'm going to stress this over and over again. We're going to go next week, Monday through Friday. I'm probably going to say lineups, not players, probably 400 times also. Until you, until you get it, until you get it. I don't start with, well, what team do I want to play? Whatever. I talk the whole lineup put together. And if a certain stack doesn't make sense because I can't build a good lineup around it, then you don't play it. Am I going to have a lot of Mac Jones on? I may not have. I don't think I'm going to have a single Mac Jones lineup on Sunday. He's forty four hundred. You pair him with Jacoby Myers, right? You do something like. Is the ceiling there? And you know what ends up happening? You build that lineup, and you know you know what ends up happening. Your lineup looks the same as everyone else's, other than your your positions are flipped, right? You're still playing high price running backs. You're still playing two, uh, two cheap receivers in some extent. You're just saving money on quarterback. And now at tight end, you have Kelsey. Like you're not, you're not getting anywhere. Unless you think that the New England Patriots are going to be the highest scoring team on the slate. It's just that the lineups aren't different enough to make up for the fact that I don't, I don't, the Patriots don't have enough of a ceiling for me to play uh, Mac Jones uh Jacoby Myers I'm more likely to play Damian Harris in that game than anything so I don't have to have, worry about any type of correlation I could just play him as a one-off and that's it but that's not based on me not liking Mac Jones it, it, it goes to if I build Mac Jones lineup what do they look like all they do is they I'm playing Mac Jones at 4400 in a spot where other people are playing a wide receiver at that price and that's it it's like a 2v2 at that point so I'm playing Myers and, and Mac Jones and the other person's playing Jalen Hurts and, and someone else in a lower defense. Like it's, it, it's still going to be a two high price running back type of lineup or at least one high price running back and a high price wide receiver, like a Devontae Adams or a Calvin Ridley or DeAndre Hopkins. It's like, I don't, I, if you took a look at the total ownership of that lineup, even if you don't play Marcus Calloway in it, I don't, I don't know if it's that good. Can there be lineups like that? Yeah, I, maybe if you want, if you want to try, but I don't think so. I just don't think it's worth it. <clears throat> Is Mac Jones had, does what's the shot of Mac Jones being the highest scoring quarterback on the slate? I mean, it could happen, but oh, you get 18 points out of Mac Jones. Well, I ain't winning a large field GPP with 18 points from my quarterback. Unless like everyone else in my lineup goes nuts. But like I said, that lineup looks like everyone else's lineup in a certain other than a two v two. So if everyone else goes nuts in that lineup, like I'd, I'd much rather have the flip, the reverse of that. I'd rather have 
uh, Jalen Hurts. I'd rather have uh, Kyler Murray. I'd rather have that flippy flip lineup like that than have the Mac Jones lineup. If he scores eight, 18, is great for 4,400, but not for a, there's 1.2 million entries in this million maker. I don't think 18 points at quarterback is going to cut it. Okay, we're almost done here. Do, 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 do. Nate Branchrod, does anyone know where to switch between browser and cloud storage and lineup HQ? We don't have browser storage. It's only cloud storage. Okay, let's take a look now. Okay, we got Mike Davis, Joe, Joe Mixon. We get a lot, a lot of Antonio Gibson, Dalvin Cook. We still get 25% Marquez Calloway. Get a whole bunch of Chase Edmonds. I'm assuming they're tied to the other side of that game. That's tied to like uh, A.J. Brown or something like that. Okay, quarterbacks. Okay, so th- this is what's going to show like what's what the highest stacks are going to be, which I think is accurate to some extent. Right, Joe Burrow, because we have those, those Bengals wide receivers are pretty cheap. Burrow Higgins, Burrow Higgins, Burrow Boyd Higgins, right? And then if you want to run it back with Dalvin Cook, right? So take a look at this type of lineup here. Here's a, per- here's a perfect lineup to look at. This lineup makes sense, right? Burrow, Boyd Higgins, it's a three plus one, Cook. Antonio Gibson, Kyle Pitts, chalk, tight, tight end. Antonio Gibson's, not the chalk, but chalky. Christian McCaffrey, chalky. Marcus Callaway, chalky. Falcons defense, probably chalky also. Cheapest defense. 144.2. Like this lineup, like I wouldn't play this lineup. This looks like a lineup someone would put together. I agree with that. Yeah, because of Callaway's here. I mean, this is, the, this is exactly the type of lineup I would not want Callaway in as a one. I look at this next borough lineup. Elijah Moore, who's now going to be even more popular because I, they have receivers out. Like, I don't like this lineup. Burrow, Higgins, Cook. You can still Cook and McCaffrey here, and it forces you into these other spots. So you have Stefan Diggs as, like, the only thing that separates you from every. Look at how much chalk this is. Bill should be chalky. Pitts should be chalky. Higgins, Moore, McCaffrey, Cook. Burrow is going to be one of the top, you know, four quarterbacks probably. Higgins, popular. I mean, like, it's just that this is too... 145.2. Like, just this is two, two. I don't want this lineup. For large field GPPs, I go to another borough lineup. Like, look at this, same thing. They get a little bit different here, right? You're still playing Callaway as a one off. Jones is going to be chalky. Najee Harris is going to be, I mean, similar level as Antonio Gibson. This is a little bit better. Kittle, it's a little, but it's still not enough. Uh, 125. Right, you go down here. Here's another burrow here. Like these, these look too, these look too similar to what people would do. Like this, this is what fits in. I'm much more likely if I'm going to play this type of lineup, not play Callaway, right? So let's say we go down. Yeah, I still play Cook, right? I still play Cook, but I don't play McCaffrey here, right? I play something like, uh, let's see. Mike Davis. Okay, so we switched that out to Mike Davis. Okay. Now let's see. Marvin Jones, Marcus Kelly. We don't want Callaway. Uh, let's say instead of playing Marvin Jones, we play Devonta Smith, which gets you on the other side of that game, 
right? Because Mike Davis is on one side. Then we get rid of Callaway here, pay Elijah Moore. Can we pay up for McCaffrey here? No, maybe not. Let's see, McCaffrey, right? I'm way over now. Because maybe you don't play Elijah Moore as a one-off. You don't play Kelsey. Let's go to front down, down from Kelsey to even Zach Ertz. We could do that instead of Devonta Smith. Play him as tight end. Let's do that and don't play Devonta Smith. I'm just showing you how to move stuff around. Elijah Moore. Let's say play. Uh, I mean, just a one-off, right? Does it matter? Deontay Johnson. I don't know. A lineup that makes sense. So you're still playing Cook and McCaffrey. You're playing Davis, Ertz on the other side of him, McCaffrey and Moore. They're on each side of him. And then Deontay Johnson is a one. I'd much prefer, well, I wouldn't want to play the Bills with Deontay Johnson there. So we go down and we take the, the Titans or something, whatever, right? Now this, now we're down to 98, 98 total ownership. Now you can disagree with the exact players. You could build, like I said, I was just pulling, I was just giving you an example. Would I want to play Deontay Johnson over someone else in that range? Maybe, who knows? Terry McLaurin, he projects better, right? So let's say I play McLaurin there instead. Okay. Now the ownership is getting down to 95%. Right, this lineup up here, look at the difference of the projection. 140.72, and this is 132.95. The difference of about a touchdown. About a touchdown in NFL is, is decent, but I can make that up. One touchdown, that's it. But I'm shaving off a lot of ownership, and I'm also playing a construction that is less likely to be played. And I'm still playing Cook and McCaffrey in the lineup. But this lineup doesn't have Callaway. It still has Higgins and Moore who are going to be chalky. I mean, this is still not, not, that, not absurdly contrarian, but still contrarian enough. But that's why I'm looking at these lineups. I look at this lineup and I go, this is, this is too, too chalky. And I look, I just take a mental note of this number up here. So these are lineups I don't want. I still, now the difference between these two lineups don't look that much different, but it makes a big difference ownership wise. So if you go in and it's like, I'm going to make 20 Joe Burrow lineups and they all look like this and you're going to play large field. I'm like, I don't, like why? Like we take a look at this one over here, Burrow. Higgins, Cook, but now you have Carson, still have Jones and Callaway. Like this is still, it's still, the construction is still high price running backs, chief receivers. Higgins is the highest one. Like, it's just like, these, these, are, these are not lineups that I want to play. The construction is too similar. And I'm not going to say, well, instead of playing Marcus Callaway, I'm going to play another $3,400 receiver. No, I want to play a lineup that doesn't need two 3K level receivers. I go through here. Now I could go to, let's go to my, my Matt Ryan, right? Cause we're going to have Ridley and Pitts are going to be, you know, stacking partners. Devonta Smith as a run back. So you look at here, Ryan, Ridley Pitts, you're still playing, you're playing Mixon, Gibson, McCaffrey, Callaway is a one-off Texans defense. Like I still don't like this lineup because I don't want to play that Callaway one-off. So if I even just change the Callaway one off to uh, someone else, KJ Hamler or something. Who knows? KJ Hamler, right? You do that. Oh, okay, at least now you're 
you're losing you're losing ownership and now now we're getting down now now we're not now we're playing cheaper wide receivers hamler and smith who are going to be much less owned than callaway and jones and moore and whoever both moores elijah moore and rondell moore i can still maybe play mccaffrey in this lineup or what i could do is i could take out mccaffrey right and go here cincinnati minnesota so i'm going to play justin jefferson here instead of cook Right? Play Justin Jefferson instead of Cook. Upgrade Hamler to who knows? Tyler Board. Let's make it a double stack. No, okay. This is a, this is a Ryan stack. So I wouldn't play Mixon and Boyd together. Uh, we pick someone else. Who knows? Doesn't really matter. LaVisca. Right? Now we're losing even more ownership. Right? Now we're down to 90.8. 132.82. This isn't this is not a bad lineup. You get the correlation. You get Ryan Ridley Pitts with Devonta Smith as a run back. You get Mixon and Justin Jefferson opposite each other. Obviously, you probably wouldn't play Chenault and the Texans. So we'll just bump this up to whoever. Or the Browns, the Jets. Play anyone from the Jets. No, there you go. There you go. That's a better lineup. It doesn't look like what other people are going to do. I like pieces of it are fine. Oh, you, you can still play Kyle Pitts at twenty one percent ownership. You can still play Mixon at twenty percent ownership. Just you don't want to play those cheap. You don't see now. You're not even playing any wide receiver in the three K range. Now your construction is way different. So if you just use the lineup HQ, if you just use an optimizer, just like I care about exposures, right? Imagine if we did that, right? This is what people will do. I'm going to show you. This is what people will do. Let's get rid of this. Okay. They won't even make build rules. Like, like they don't, they, they, they may want a lot of wide receiver. They would, yeah, they want 75% running back in the flex, right? They don't have any quarterback, but you know, they don't have any max, I guess. Maybe they've, you know, maybe it ends up being 50s or something, right? 50, 50. I'm not even say they, people would even, even do this. Right. And then they're going to build lineups. They're going to build, they're going to go to stacks. They're going to build some skinny stacks. They're going to build some double stacks. Right. They're going to build, they're going to build, let's say they build 20 lineups. Right. They could build 150, but let's say they, they, they built, I want, I want 20. Maybe let's build, move it up to 100 just for this. And what they'll do is they'll go through, They'll cap, right? What, what they'll do is do this. Okay. They'll take a look at the chalky pieces, right? And go, well, I, I want to be, I want to be under, I want to be under on pits, right? I want to be a little under on pits. 15%. I'm just making up numbers. Right. They'll go to wide receiver, go, I want to be under on Callaway. I want to be half, I want to be half the field on Callaway, right? I don't want to be 15% on Pittman. I'm going to, I'm going to only have 5% Pittman. Right, they're gonna top, they're gonna type in a couple of numbers. They're gonna go to running back and go, like, okay, like, do I really want to play Joe Mixon? They'll say to themselves, go, no, I don't, I don't want much Joe Mixon at all. I want five percent Joe Mixon, right? And they go, oh, I don't want to play Chris Carson. So five percent, I don't want, I, I don't want that at all. Maybe, maybe they x them out. Maybe they find someone that they like and they they bump them up or something. Who knows? Now we're gonna build lineups. That's all they're gonna do. And then they're like, okay, give me, give me, give me lineups. 
right? Maybe they even go to the quarterback to, to make sure that they get enough of someone, right? I want I want I want I want to make sure I'm playing some some Josh Allen. I, I definitely want to play Kyler Murray. I want to play some Jalen Hurts, right? Oh, Winston. Oh my God, yeah, I got to play Winston. Rogers, Adams, do something like that. I don't know. So in the set, because the quarterback is obviously the key to a, to a stack. So 10, tw- 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60. Maybe that's all. They, they don't even do that much. Maybe they just go like, oh, I want to make sure to have all. I want to make sure to have at least, you know, these are the stacks that I want. Maybe they even say that. These, these are the stacks that I want. I want 20% of this, right? I just want all these. Just give me that, <laughs> right? Something, maybe. Oh, let's see. Matt Ryan, okay. So I'll do that. Like, that's all they'll do. And then they'll press build. Like, okay, yeah. Now, let the optimizer tell me what I should be playing, right? They're sitting here clapping their hands like an idiot, right? Okay, what does the optimizer have for me? Like, they're rolling like an eight ball, like being a losing lineup, you know? What are they doing? So this is going to take a minute. Let me look through the YouTube chat. Do, 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 do. Paul Adair for single entry small field. You're okay with chalk your players as long as they're correlated. That's where my issue this week comes in. If you get off all chalk and correlate elsewhere, you're in the 70% uh, assuming ownership sum. So what's wrong with that? I'm okay with chalkier players in lineups. Not as long as they're correlated. I'm fine with chalky players in lineups. Show me the lineup. That's that's the key. Can you, Once you get to the point where you're starting with lineups, this to the people that know what I'm talking about, they're probably pulling their hair out, going, How do you not see this? Right? How do you not see this? Yeah, sure. You could play Marcus Callaway as a one off. Sure. Uh, but you have to get dramatically different elsewhere. If you're not willing to get that dramatically different elsewhere, then you should be playing Callaway as a one off. That, that's it. That's all that means. Doesn't mean, oh, well, if you play Callaway, you got to play Aaron Jones on the other side. No, well, that, I'm just giving you an option of how you mitigate ownership. Well, now you're getting a little bit of more correlation in there. So you're, yes, you're playing a high-owned player, but you're attaching him to, to kind of a lower-owned guy that the combination of the two of them together makes the, makes the lineup less, less owned in general. But you don't have to. If you want to play, if you want to play, who's going to be a Tua stack, right? Tua and, and Devontae Parker and Jalen Waddell and run that back with Damian Harris, Feel free to play Callaway in that lineup. Okay, like you, fine, play the Callaway one-off in that lineup. Like no one's going to like that, that to hold that three plus one, like no one, like it's going to be so low owned. Why not? If you want to play Callaway, you don't have to play Callaway plus Jones or Callaway plus Adams, you could. But now based on the lineup that you, that you start, that started out, now, now you can go anywhere you want. So am I going to make that type of lineup? I'm not, which means... All the lineups that Callaway is viable from an ownership perspective in lineups are lineups that I'm not planning on making, which means that I'm likely not to have Callaway as a one-off in most, of, in most, if not all of my lineups. Am I willing to make Mac Jones teams? Am I willing to make even Sam Darnold? Am I willing to w- make low-owned stack teams? I don't think so on this slate. I think I could get different elsewhere. I'd rather be different by not having Callaway than by playing stacks of games with 42 totals in it. like that's what i'm saying so it's not a matter of oh i should play i shouldn't play callaway then no i'm just saying that 
if, if you want to play Sam Darnold stack and, and have a low owned, whatever the hell, not a non McCaffrey lineup, you're playing Darnold, Robbie Anderson, Terrence Marshall, and Elijah Moore or something, even something like that. I mean, now you're getting into the kind of the very chalky construction because you have two, three K wide receivers in there. But if you want to play, if you, if you find something that you want to play, then and, and Callaway still makes sense in that lineup, go for it. That's fine. Donnie Parker asks a question. Remember, what, what's the rules? What's the rules on questions? What's the rules on questions? If, I get, if you can answer it with a yes or a no, or you can answer it with an exact number, it's not a good question. What's the lowest ownership total number you might ever set for a playable build? I don't know. It depends on the slate. Lowest? Total, you mean the, the ceiling of the number or the lowest? I'm probably not playing lineups that are total owned 20%, probably not. But like I said, it depends on the slate. And I'll show you right here. Okay? So now we built these lineups. We, we okay. Now we got a lot of Falcons, right? Because now I upped everything. Before, I was setting caps at like 20. So now people are going to go in and they're going to see these lineups. Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, Halloway. They're going to see a lineup like this, 148.7. Too much chalk. Right? There's just too much. Callaway. Like if you take away Callaway from this lineup, maybe it's better. Uh, you play Cali, I don't know who you'd play instead, right? That's why you just, you'd rather avoid the range. So you go through here and they're like, okay, they built all their lineups, right? These are all the lineups they're playing. Maybe they get rid of their Darnold and Lawrence one down here or something. Now they look at their Josh Allen lineups and all their Josh Allen lineups like look the same. Well, now you have Rondell Moore and Marvin Jones. Well, this lineup, you have Callaway and Jones. This lineup, you have Moore and Jones. This side, you have Jones and Higgins. This one, you have... Moore and Higgins, like two of your receivers in all of these lineups are like stone cold chalk combinations. Right? Rondell Moore Callaway. Moore Higgins, like it's just like you're not getting away enough from the construction. Here's one that's even a 110 because you have Edmonds in there. Okay. Marvin Jones, Higgins, Diggs, Kelsey, even this is, we got Mike Davis. Okay. Edmonds, Davis. Yeah, what makes this more contrarian is that you're playing cheaper running backs. So it's okay. I guess I could get away with that. So you're going through. Here are your Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Higgins, Ridley, Cook. It's like this, this could get there. Still a little chalky, 115. Kyler Murray, like this one is fine. Kyler Murray with Rondell Moore and uh, Derrick Henry run back, right? You're still playing Jones and Higgins together and more. Like I just playing these... The, these wide receivers together, just so many lineups are going to look like that. So what you could do, you could just, you could group them out. You could say, I'm going to go and I'm going to group out all these, all these high price wide receivers and say no more than one or no more than two. So you don't have like Rondell Moore, Marvin Jones, Marcus Calloway. You're like that. You don't have those lineups. That's one way you could do it, but people aren't going to do that. So they're going to be playing these lineups and then, you know, have to have to hit everything. Here's a Mahomes lineup. Mahomes, Kelsey, Elijah Moore, Marvin Jones, T. Higgins. You have Odell Beckham Jr. as the run back on the Mahomes-Kelsey. But it's like, look at that wide receiver combination. Just chalk city. But this is what people will do. And then they'll look and they'll go, well, I have the exposures that I want. They'll look at their running backs and go, yes, but I wanted 50% Gibson. And I wanted, like, dude, the lineups aren't good. The lineups individually are just not just not. They're not leveraged enough. The constructions look the same. So now in looking through these, you start, based on the ownership that you currently have, 
in here, you start seeing a trend and you go, go, you know, I, those lineups at like 140 and 130, like they're, they're just not enough. I like the lineups that are more closer to 100. Right. So what you could do now, even leaving everything alone, right? Even if you made just bare basic things that I just showed right now, which is not what I would do, right? And now let's say we go down to 20 lineups, right? Because a lot of people make 20 lineups just to make it quicker for today. And basically, they want 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, right? So you want 20%. So you want four, four Allen lineups, four Burrow lineups, four Mahomes lineups, four Kyler Murray lineups, and four James Winston lineups. That's essentially what you're saying. Right. So now to just a blunt way of doing so, as you go and you go, well, I, I didn't like any lineups that were kind of over 115. Right. So you just max it there. So at least you now what you're going to do now is eliminate those lineups by not deleting them. Just not allowing a one that this lineup isn't going to be made. So now what do these lineups look like? So I'm going to build 20 for time purposes. Is there a lineup that's past 115 ownership sum that's good? There probably is. You're, you're, you're removing yourself from the possibility of getting any of those types of lineups that may still be good at 125 or 130 because it's a weird combination of some type. But if you want a blunt way of doing it, then you do it this way. So you go, okay. We lowered it down. So now you get you still get this kind of lineup. More Jones digs. Marshall Jones digs. They're a little bit better. Carson Gibson, the Burrow lineups have Paris Campbell in it. Kittle, there's a little bit better. You're still kind of playing the same construction. I'm not a big fan of that. Right, Boyd, Higgins here, Burrow, Edmonds. So they're getting a little bit better, a little bit better. 107, 97. Let's take a look at this one. You have Eckler in here. Right, Diggs, Allen Diggs. You're still kind of playing Hopkins, Moore, Murray with Derrick Henry as a run back. Gibson, Jones, Pitts, Aaron Jones, Falcons defense. This isn't that bad. I don't necessarily consider this may not be a Millie lineup. <laughs> I guess it could be with Henry in there. No, okay, this is fine. So now you're getting better lineups. But you now look, look at what I'm doing. I'm viewing it on a lineup level. Look at this lineup. Hertz, Smith, Kyle Pitts run back, Kamara and Adams on the other side of the games. LaVisca's not going to be owned. Pittman will be chalky, but Smith won't be. Get Mixon there, right? Yeah, what's wrong with this line? This, this lineup ain't bad. Right, this lineup ain't bad. You're, not, you're actually not playing any 3K receivers. I'd want this lineup. This is fine. This is a good lineup. Here's a Kyler Murray line. Right? I'm still not a fan of the two, three K wide receivers, but at least it's different. At least you don't have Callaway in here. You don't have Elijah Moore in here. You don't, I mean, you don't have some things in here. You're getting a little bit better. Right? I don't know why Adam Troutman's in here. Isn't he injured? I don't know. Is McCall Hardman, if you want to play him, and you're paying down at running back. So this construction is a little bit different. Yeah, you're playing Marvin Jones, but you're not playing any of those 3K wide receivers. You're not playing Callaway, not playing either of the Moors. So this is a little bit better, 89% total ownership. This ain't that bad. Lions defense, who cares? 
Now, this is obviously using the projections that you're aggregating across all sources. But you could see how people go awry. 95% of people that are, are using optimizers and don't, that don't understand lineups, not players, are going to be fooling a lot around it with these numbers here. They're going to go, well, I want more of this guy, and I want less of this guy. I don't want 50% Gibson. I want 30% Gibson. And they're never going to look at the actual lineups and see it's like, these, is this too chalky? Is this too, contra- too contrarian? We may get to, let's go, let's go sort by ownership, go low to high. Well, that was the lowest one, right? Sometimes you build and you'll get, just to fit in, because you're going to set so many of these exposure. I want this, this much of that guy, that much of this guy. And the optimizer eventually is just like, the last five lineups could be like, this is just what's less left over, right? So you see a, lot, a lineup that has like a 52% ownership sum that it's just basically, you know, all your low-owned guys that you wanted, they're all, they're just shoved together, right? All the chalky guys are in a lineup up here towards the top and all the, 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 the contrarian plays are all together in one lineup, right? And then people upload that and they don't realize, but I have, I had 5% of that guy. Yeah, and a lineup with another 5% of this guy and another 5% of that guy and a 5% of this guy. And you know, all the people that you have 40% of, they're all together because they're not looking at lineups. They're looking at exposures. They're, they're thinking that the tool is the one that's going to be doing that for you. And that number that, you, that you're using as a blunt tool, you don't have to use it. I'm just saying that it's, it's a directionally accurate way of like, well, how do I get rid of some of these chalky lineups? Well, I'll, What's, where's the number that I feel comfortable with, right? You go through, you find a lineup that you like, that you think is good enough, and you go, oh, that's 113. I don't want anything more than that. And then there you go. And then maybe you do it on the other end also. You go down to the lowest owned sum lineup, and you go, is that too wacko? And then you, go, you scroll up and you go, okay, this, this lineup I don't want. And that's, let's say that's 78. So there you go. Then now you know your range. And now you start building lineups. Right now you start, like I said, now you start building lineups. Like this isn't even the lineups that I'm playing. These are just, I'm building lineups. What do they look like? What are people going to play? Where's the range that I need to be in? And what players fit? Like I wouldn't even talk about the players. What players fit into those ranges? And then you build, then, then you build the lineups. And then you go back and so I'm getting too much of this guy. Do it. Do you, then you start. Once you build these lineups that you'll you go, okay, I built 20 lineups that, that are properly leveraged and everything. Now, now, now the next step is diversification. Do I want my entire slate to hedge on 45% Marvin Jones? Do I? Maybe I don't. Maybe the difference between Marvin Jones lineups and non-Marvin Jones lineups are so marginal that I want to spread myself out, diversify a little bit more. So I'm not, you know, sweating half my lineups having Marvin Jones in. Because there's going to be another, you could replace Marvin Jones. Look, I can replace Marvin Jones just straight up there with Jalen Waddle. Give up a point and a half point of projection and not have Marvin Jones in that line. What that is, is Waddle and Jones going to, I mean, they're, they're, their projection is close enough. But now I'm diversifying at least a little bit more. I'm not relying so much on Marvin Jones. So that's, to me, that's what the exposures are for especially if you're building 150, 200 lineups, 300 lineups. Once you get into the range of lineups that, that are doable for the contest that you're playing, then you can make as many of them as you want. How much of this guy should you have? It's, that's all a matter of risk tolerance. If you want, if you want, to, have, if you want to have Marvin Jones in, in, in 100%, I'll lock him in. You could do that. Just, you, you just know that 
If Marvin Jones doesn't do well, you just killed all your lines. But of course, if Marvin Jones, Jones does puts up 40 points, he's in all your lineups. So that all you're doing is just increasing the variance of your portfolio of lines. How much diversification do you want? There's no correct answer. Because I could show you, I could show you 20 Marvin Jones lineups that are all good. So do you want to play them? And I could also show you 20 Marcus Galloway lineups that are all good. Should you play 10 of one and 10 of the other? Well, whatever mix do you want? If I'm telling you all 20, all here's a hundred lineups, and they're all about equal, about barely marginal, minuscule differences. And half have one player, half of the other player. Well, would do you have play half of no? You could feel free to play 80% of one. They're all equal. Remember, the lineups themselves are all pretty much equal. Just comes down to what the what spread do you want? Some people aim and they play higher risk. They're like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a core of a couple of players and just like, I'm gonna go all in on them. And if it works out, it works out. If it doesn't, it doesn't. They have a lot of shots at first place. If that does work out or people with lower risk tolerance get more diversified. You can do it that way, but there's no right answer there. That's, that's a risk tolerance. It's a bankroll management question more than anything else. Okay, anything else before we get out of here? Do, 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 do. Oh. People are talking, is Wentz going to play on Sunday? I'm, I'm assuming so. The Washington football team is placing Curtis Samuel on the IR. So is that, is that going to, is this, is it Dynami Brown season? Season? S-Z-N? It's season, season. It's season, season. But this is the reason why you don't build lineups. Like, on Wednesday, right? Oh, Curtis Samuel's out. Diami Brown, Dynami, Dynami, Diami, whoever, whatever his name is. He's here. Now we have another 3K level wide receiver that could gain some traction, right? We have the Crowder and Cole News. We have another 3K wide receiver. Like what? What's the point of building on Tuesdays and Wednesdays? It's going to change everything. I don't. I don't. I'm not going to build my lineups until, I mean, Sunday morning for the most part but probably you know, Saturday afternoon to build the basics. Basics. So I'm also doing two, site, two sites. I have to do FanDuel lineups. Got to do DraftKings lineups. I got to do a lot of lineups, especially for week one. As the season goes on, I play less and less on like double sites. And you know, I might play cash on one, tournaments on the other, something like that. But the softest money is in the beginning of the year, right? The most amount of casual action is going to be the first month. So I want to play as, as much as I can the first month. And hopefully I get there. So hit the thumbs up button on your way out the door. Thummy thumbs. Give me those thummy thumbs. Hit the subscribe button if you're new here. The notification bell to know when we go live. That notification bell will be going off a ton today and tomorrow, as well as Sunday morning, right? I'll be back uh, for the, the Advanced Sports Analytics Show, which is not live, but it will be posted on this channel. And uh, next time I next time I see it after that is going to be... Uh, you know, James McCool will be back. Mondays with McCool is still going on and we'll be reviewing the Sunday slate that's coming up. So we'll go through results DB and take a look at that because that's what I do here. We review, we discuss strategy, uh, help you out in the YouTube chat on the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com. <laughs>